but I really would look more forward to your ideas and suggestions that you would have about things that government party and other parties have not done well and we can take a look at doing as part of a, an emerging, emerging policy plan that we might have planned to put forward in the next uh, several months. First of all, people don't, don't know a lot about the Alberta Party. The Alberta Party was actually formed in the early 1980s by a group of I call curmudgeons who uh, at that point in time were more interested in separation than necessarily in unification. And uh, they put the party together and ran as a, uh, as a very quiet group of people for a number of years. But in 2009-10, there was a group of young people from primarily Edmonton and Calgary who saw the province moving too far to the, too far to the right and they wanted to develop uh, a party that was of the center. And so they got together, they managed to infiltrate the board, and they managed to take over the party. And so in 2010, they became the Alberta Party, which was a, a new emerging party of a primarily younger generation of people. Their goal was to begin to put forward policies of the center. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, end of the day, um, in 2012, when uh, uh, Red, Premier Red was elected, the province moved quite a bit to the left, and the Alberta Party at that point in time didn't feel that they had a, a position where they kind of, I say, went back to find some politics. Went back to the bars and talking about the policies and ideas they would have. Uh, then in 2015, we all know what happened, the NDP was elected. And, uh, and just after that, the PC Party started to collapse, unification of the right. And then there became a, a, a place within the political spectrum for the Alberta Party. The Alberta Party believes in uh, physical responsibility and a very progressive agenda. We say physical responsibility different than physical conservatism simply because we see governments playing an important role in delivering services to citizens of Alberta. Now, are they the only ones that deliver those services? No. We think there's a variety of non-government organizations and other not-for-profits that can also do that. But our party believes that the, the government plays an important role. So, Physically responsible means we have to deliver the programs to citizens that health, education, welfare, social service, post secondary, etc. And we see that as a primary function of government. So our party is um, over, the, over the last little while began to develop policy. Oh, sorry. Um, one policies, but some of the fundamental things that we believe in is, uh, is entrepreneurship, free enterprise, business community, also diversity and inclusion. Um, one of the foundational reasons I joined the party was I felt that there really was a need for a party that looked outside of uh, additional ways of inclusive, inclusiveness. And one of the things that, uh, that I saw when I was mayor of Edmonton that many people in the ethnic communities were not actively involved in the political, political world. As a result of that, uh, We've reached out to a variety of ethnic communities and, uh, and across the province and see that as an opportunity for us to um, make the province more inclusive. Also, other groups within the community who heretofore maybe not as been well represented like we've been. So our, our party is about broad base, it's about the diversity inclusion, it's about entrepreneurship, and it's about building a, a base of, uh, of ideas that come from the citizens. Historically, the Alberta Party's main idea was that <coughs> policy comes from the ground up. If we listen to our, our, our members and we try to develop policies that be reflective of what they would like to see. And so um, we're in the process of developing our policies and we come to the next election. So many of the ideas I talked about today are a lot of mine and the party we hopefully develop will help with the, um, um, the 
include in their policies, but some of the things are, are, are vitally important to the future of Alberta. So today I'd like to talk a bit about um, diversifying the economy, our level of debt right now, future of education, and post-secondary education, and then summarize up the opportunity to then uh, have some questions, I guess, afterwards. Alberta Party believes that the Alberta Party believes that there's a real need to change how we do business problems in Alberta. Historically, as you might, must know, and, and I've heard several times down this end of the province, that, uh, that the, part of the province has really been a, a place that's, that's focused on oil and gas industry. And we've seen some of the results of that in various recessions that have happened, in, in whether it's in 2005 or 1982, and some of us remember those years, or just, or just recently. <coughs> and as a result of that, um, our economy tends to really have these ebbs and flows that are tremendously detrimental. And we, during the wealthier periods of time, we forgot that those times happened. We've not looked at diversifying the economy in any way that's long-term effectiveness. And diversification doesn't mean that it's going to happen overnight. It's something that's going to take 5 and 10 and 15 years to begin to change the economy. We can't forget that the energy industry and natural gas industry are vitally important to the province of Alberta. But we are much more than that. But much more than that is a province. And I think this part of the country, uh, southern Alberta, as I've just met the Chamber of Commerce, uh, also feels a bit isolated in that uh, not all the attention being paid down here, most of the time we're spending on about pipelines rather than increasing agri-food business and increasing technology, medical research, and other things. So our, our party has a six-point six, six platform on diversifying the economy. Obviously, the energy industry. We can't forget that, uh, that uh, what energy got is here is one that uh, is vitally important. Well, we need to look at it in a different way. How do we make it more environmentally sensitive? How do we begin to sell our products in a, a different way around the world? We can't continue in the same way because I believe half the problems with the pipeline is not the pipeline itself that was gone into the pipeline. And people get concerned about the quality of oil and the environmental nature of it. That's number one. Number two is technology. Alberta, Alberta has a tremendous opportunity with its post-secondary education institutions but also with this great entrepreneurial spirit to start looking at how we become more technologically advanced. I use an example here, Alberta has, a, has a, a program called AI Artificial Intelligence, which ranks second in the world. And we select this as the same as various kinds of programs. So we need to look at how do we then change our academic world to be more responsive and reflective of what we need to do to create a much more uh, strengthened and, and advanced technology industry. And when you talk to people who are uh, programmers, and they're always getting jobs. Right now, there's a real challenge getting enough people to work in the industry. So there's great opportunity. Number, th number three is agri-food business. That's especially important to people down in this part of the country. And I don't think it's been given enough attention to how we move the goods, how we can grow the goods, how we can transport the goods, et cetera, et cetera. We think that the agri-food business is, a, um, is something that's vitally important. The problem is about how we can grow. Um, it, is, it is renewable, um, all of us eat every day, uh, and we have opportunities to export our goods, whether it's a Trans-Pacific Partnership, more the United States. Opportunities are just abundant if we begin to take a look at how that can become a much more effective, long-term stable industry. And that really is an awful lot to do with Southern Alberta, how we can make the kind of investments in transportation networks and, and operating systems to help this part of the country grow, um, because we're warm, and the uh, fields and the water opportunities, you can, uh, you can be the um, breadbasket of, of our province as well as our country. 
So that doesn't mean other parts of the province aren't going to be important for food production either. But uh, agri-food business number three. Number four is the medical research. Um, that's a personal one to me because I think that we have not done, we've done a lot of really good things, but there's a lot of opportunities as we move into the, what I would call the 22nd century, of looking at ways in which we can do things differently. Just as an example, I know one of you know, but cancer treatment is changing dramatically. Um, we used to be all about oncology and, and really almost poisoning people when they're very little cancer. Now immunology is a new, is a new uh, uh, way in which they're looking at how we can change the program which we treat people with cancer. I think there's great opportunities about where it takes a look at how we can do things on the cutting edge and be a, a province that uh, that leads rather than follows. We need to make major investments in medical research across the province. Um, number five is, is emerging industries. Um, as an example of that is lithium industry. Um, in the coming years ahead, we're going to have a lot more electric cars and we're going to have gas cars. As people tell me. Um, I'm not probably going to see it, but uh, there'll be a lot more. So how do we become a province that looks at using our, our, our lithium as a way to develop battery industry and also then start the training center for automobiles. Um, and I don't mean training the cars, but using it ourselves as a way in which they can, they can test the new electric cars in an environment that's is probably um, has tremendous climate changes from winter to summer and uh, we have opportunities I think to be uh, a real leader in those kind of areas. That's number five. Number six is uh, is obviously tourism. Uh, tourism is an industry that the province of Alberta has, um, I think, focused so much on just, I call it, loose mountains and mountains, which is Jasper and, and, and Banff, and not enough around the rest of the province. There's incredible places to know <coughs> this part of the country, the northeast part of the country, uh, of our province. And we really don't spend enough time and energy to get all the work to see that, or also welcome people to come to see the rest of the province. We tend to push everybody to the mountains. They are beautiful, they are lovely, but you know, see one mountain, see no. Don't mean that negatively, but I've been up to the northeast part of the province and it's gorgeous, but down here, it's gorgeous, but don't tell it. So there's so many things we can see uh, as, as, uh, as, as citizens of the province, but we're not doing it primarily because I think there's not enough investment in, in making sure those opportunities exist for people across the province. So um, a lot of that, I believe, will be developed through either government cooperation government promotion, but also through private enterprise. I believe deeply that, that if this province is going to be successful like it has been, it is about the entrepreneurial spirit that made this province great. It's about people who came here from all over the country, from all over the world, and settled here to build a great future for their, for their communities and for themselves and their family. And I, and I see that entrepreneurial spirit to a certain extent being, being disappearing these days. There's not the opportunities that existed before. The cost of the business is going up tremendously. As a small business person myself, I, I have to question whether I invest anymore because the taxation levels, the lack of opportunities, and concerns I have, not really give me great, great concern about the security and safety of my investments. So I really believe government needs to get more entrepreneurial. We need to get less involved. I don't believe government should be owning uh, medical labs. I don't believe government should be doing things for uh, uh, ways in which they're they're processing different um, um, in the uh, um, in, in hospitals. They're cleaning up. They're, you know, they're cleaning up of everything. So I think the government needs to get out of the business of business and let business do it. But far more, far more professional and far more effective. That leads me to the next point about debt. 
Right now, uh, it's hard to determine how much the debt is growing numbers because of how you look at the financial statement. But it's growing ever, ever amount every year. Right now, the deficit this year is projected to be just under $9 billion. But that doesn't include the $6.5 billion spending capital. Do we need the capital expenditures? Absolutely. But the question becomes, is it just adding on to the debt? And how are we going to pay this debt off? Um, many of us in this room will not have to worry about that debt because it's, uh, it's something that's been paid for by our children or grandchildren. It doesn't change the fact that we're still facing a 60, 70, 80, 90, $100 million to talk to the debt that exists in the province. And that's going to cause us to pay several hundred million dollars, several hundred million dollars a year in, um, in interest payments, and cause you to pay. Um, then we have to find some way to deal with how do we reduce that debt. And I think it's a great challenge for all of us to realize that over a period of time, as we continue to spend, we're going to have to come to grips with reality of what we're spending, how we're spending it, and whether we can do it in an effective way to continue to deliver services to Albertans, services like seniors' housing. I think that's a vitally important thing as we move forward. How are we going to do that? My belief it should be done through the private sector. It should be building those housing and finding ways which government can, uh, can be supportive of it. But if we ask government to build it, it's incredibly expensive. I was Minister of Health, it used to cost about $600,000 to build a public sector unit, while it was about $85,000 in direct grant from the private sector. So you can build almost seven or eight to one, which is um, which substantial number of increases so I, I think that the debt we're going to get into and the problems we're going to face are going to limit what we can do in the future. And so we have to come to grips with that. Um, I'm not sure that uh, uh, it's, it's not an easy solution. My belief is we're going to have to do this in a, in a way that's going to be eating the elephant one bite at a time. And it's going to be a uh, taking whatever the amount of debt ends up being at any point in time uh, and, and taking some of that and amortizing over a period of time. And for example, if you took $20 billion and <laughs> over 20 years at uh, um, about 200 percent, um, you, could, you could eliminate $20 billion with a $1.3 billion annually. So I think we have to take a look at dealing with the debt and, and looking at it uh, in, a, in a way that's much more um, um, limited because we cannot at any point in time find ways to eliminate the year nine or whatever the debt is going to be. And you look at the balance sheet, the balance sheet can say a variety of things about the local. But so I think it's an important issue we're going to have to face in the next election. What kind of programs can we come up with that can allow us to do that? Our way of doing it is, is to do what people, what people hate the most is carbon tax. We would take um, the carbon tax, we would take the, the tax off of the residential and commercial heating, um, but we would keep it on the uh, on fuels and, and heavy emitters, and then they would use that. The money would be revenue neutral and we use that to, to reduce the debt. That would cover that $20 billion plus or minus paying an interest rate at the time. So the future, the future of our province is still, I think, incredibly bright. You know, um, if, we, if we look at diversifying the economy, but we're doing things differently, we could be very successful. So that leads us to what I think is what the great future of the province is going to be is in education. Education is a great equalizer. Education is the kind of things that that we believe um, are so widely important for our children from K to 12 and for post-secondary. Those are the two areas of this province that are, I think are, are so widely important to invest in. And um, we have a, a program in, uh, which we, uh, we believe is important for uh, K to 12. Uh, I have a little 
grandson that goes to kindergarten. I want to make sure that he has the kind of education and training that's vitally important. So we think that you should find better ways for um, uh, mental health care within, within the education system. We have kids in our school. We should be able to have programs in place um, that will allow students to be you know, evaluated, not on an individual basis, but collectively. So we think that's something very important. When I was minister, we put that in place. And when we lost the election, that was eliminated. And recently, the NDP have put something forward for mental health. Mental health for children is really important. We find ways to, to deal with it today, uh, then in, in the future, we'll be able to find solutions to the problems they face. It is a horrific thing to have to deal with challenges you face. and personal experience with it. And I think it's something that we really need to make sure we, we invest in. Same, that, that can also be funded, should be funded through, through, health, through, health, through, through our health department, through the wellness program. Right now, we, we don't we fund um, education, education. This would be program we fund through health. Second part about that is physical education and, uh, and nutrition. We think our, our kids in school from K to, K to 12 should be, should be physically fit. They should have programs, not just about basketball or hockey, but about yoga, about understanding about physical fitness for life. Physical fitness is vitally important. All of us are going to live to the age we want to live to and live healthily. Healthy. We should make sure that we have a, um, a program in schools that teaches children that. So we also will fund that in the health care system. When it comes to heat teachers, the 22nd century economy is going to be much more with technology and what the necessary supports. They're going to allow our children to learn the education that's going to be. Um, but they're going to need to be competitive in the world coming forward. That doesn't mean we want to eliminate art and music and cultural things. That's ridiculous. But we need to we need to make sure that we're trained to deal with what's going to happen in the 22nd century. Um, as the world is changing dramatically, we need to make sure we're competitive. And so that will be, that will be forced to make sure teachers are retrained and, and get proper education in the post-secondary institutions to learn that. And finally, I think it's vitally important to make sure we build schools and, uh, and have facilities that are, that, are, that are commensurate with the kind of programs we need to have in schools. And I think that's something that uh, um, is, they're trying right now. We give the NDP credit. They've uh, built an awful lot of schools. But we need to make sure the schools are built in a way that uh, are going to adjust the size, communities grow and, 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 and shrink. And I can say in the city of Edmonton, we've got a ton of schools that have very small enrollments. And they're, very expensive to, uh, to operate. We need to make sure we build schools in a way that are reflective of, uh, of the communities and how they're going to grow. So that's important. Post-secondary education is, is something that I think is vitally important. Um, if we're going to have this province become the technology giant and medical research center that it's going to be, we need to find ways to ensure that all of our students have an, all of our children have an opportunity to have post-secondary education. We're supposed to developing policy to make sure that the education institution is responsive to the students as much as the students are responsive to the education institution. The reality is it costs money. Um, tuition has been frozen for a number of years. We need to find ways that students know when they go into school that their, their costs are going to be somewhat controlled. They're not going to get, get gouged in the second and third year. They have to find ways to make sure that they can complete their education. We've got good programs for the students make sure that they have opportunities to get their education and ensure that they can pay for it in a way that doesn't bankrupt them when they leave school. So it's a real balancing act.
but our post-secondary education is vitally important. I'd like to talk a minute about rural Alberta um, and, uh, and the importance of rural Alberta. It is where the wealth of our province sits, whether it's in the agricultural district, whether it's in ranching, or whether it's in resources. Rural Alberta is, uh, is a place where that wealth is great, and oftentimes we forget in, in urban centers like Lethbridge or Edmonton or Calgary that that wealth is great. We have to make sure that we keep those communities strong. So we believe that uh, connecting those communities to the, um, modern technology is vitally important, whether it's through fiber, whether it's through front office, whatever, whatever it happens to be, we have to make sure all of our communities have the ability uh, to communicate it in the world. The world's going to change dramatically in the next, let's say, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. We can't leave our agricultural communities or our rural communities behind. They need to make sure that they have the kind of support systems that they need to be sure they're successful. And so you look back at what rural Alberta's have done over the years in order to make sure that they, they can be successful in that co-ops. They've had a raise in which the gas co-ops have allowed um, various places to get services. I think there's ways in which the government can be a catalyst and a support for various groups of people within various regions to, um, to implement that. Um, we were down at Olds and the Olds has their own uh, own act for David Stahl, which went goes across their across their city. It's been very effective. It's very expensive, it's been very effective. They've learned an awful lot from it in the province and learned from what, what Olds has done with their own end. So we need to look at how we can make sure our communities are connected. Um, the Alberta Party is a, is a party that really wants to listen to the public. And so part of the reason I'm here today is more to listen to you and the challenges you face within your communities. Uh, those who give you an overall general idea of the things that we're thinking about, but as we begin to perfect our policies and begin to hone in on what we would like to make sure that we deliver to Albertans over the next several months, we need to have your opinion, your ideas. We need to listen to what you have to say. Because if, if we only listen to ourselves, we're, we're, you know, we, we're going to be, I think, not very reflective of what our workers want to see. So our goal is part of today is to try to answer your questions, but also listen to your comments about what you think the problems need to do, what we need to change, whether it's in pipelines, whether it's in uh, long-term financing, seniors' houses, whatever it happens to be, we need to learn from you. And I think that's um, a very important part of what the other party is all about. Um, so, um, on that note, I really don't have any more to say. I want to thank you very much for, uh, for coming here today um, and look forward to your questions after lunch. Thank you.